G'day guys and girls and welcome back to this week's edition of the Extended Bench Podcast. My name's Christian and as always on the other side of the desk is my mate Matt. How are you doing today mate? Pretty good. What about yourself? Oh fantastic and uh, just uh, have to uh, give you a little bit of a pain at the moment. <laughs> Um, you had a great weekend, uh, obviously, uh, not just fantasy-wise, but congratulations on uh, getting engaged this weekend, buddy. Thank you very much. However, in doing so, you did happen to leave me high and dry on one of the biggest fantasy weekends of the year when the, uh, the legends that they are, the traders, came mm. out to Perth. Um, and yeah, I feel a little bit slighted, to be honest. Look, I've got to say, my options <laughs> were going with you to watch the traders. Oh, or great. proposing to my girlfriend. Um, it's a tough I choice. I will not put on air how difficult that decision was to make. <laughs> I can just see in your eyes. No, congratulations, Thank buddy. You. And you. Uh, obviously, it was a big weekend of fantasy footy as mm. well. I know you were pretty preoccupied, but I saw very few games. So what? if I come off for a lot tonight, <laughs> that's my excuse. Well, you have a good excuse for once this week. Yeah. And uh, we'll dive straight into the yes, first game, which was the, uh, the Bullies Carlton. Um, yeah, geez. I, I don't know what to make of Carlton this year. I thought they were going to be fairly improved. You know, the youngsters were going to come on, and they've just done nothing. I mean, yeah, I knew that it was a rebuild, and you know that that's going to take time. It's not just a one-year thing. It's three, four, five years. Absolutely, absolutely. But I tend to be the same, particularly after their JLT. Mm. And we, I know everyone always says you don't read too much into the preseason, but they had some really good signs. You can read some way into the JLT a little bit. Yeah, like they had some good signs. They were they looked like they had taken some steps from last year. Mm. I thought, um, but they didn't. Yeah, yeah, no, it was a, a little bit odd, uh, and hopefully it turns around for Colton. But uh, good news on the Western mm. Bulldog side is Jack McRae is dominating this year. He Going is huge. He's an absolute beast. So he's he was was averaging just under 118 going into this week. Uh, 145 this week with nine tackles in there, seven marks, 12 contested possessions, e- pretty much equal kick to handball ratio as well, which is another thing we like to see. Mm. You know, you don't want to go too far into the Lockie Neal type of things, which is no. you know 80% handball, 20% kicks. But this is just fantastic, and I think he's one of those, you know, point of differences, or he may not even really be a point of difference after this week. Uh, he, I mean, he might get pulled in by a few people this week, but he's only owned by like 6,000 people at the moment. Yeah, I think it's 3.5% of the comp no, owned in last week. At the moment, yeah. Um, and yeah, I think he was priced last week, or I think he'd be priced around about 800k at the he's moment. He's 802k, currently Ooh. owned by 6,377 teams. So yeah. I don't know the percentage of that, but you're it's paying pretty low. for him. You're paying because there are a lot of yeah. fallen premiums that are much more affordable than him. But he's definitely one to consider bringing in the salary cap team. And Marcus Bontempelli had a turnaround this week. I'd give it a couple of weeks before you really start to throw your faith into him again because he's gone down just below. 600k. So he was just on 599 last week. He's a bit above that now. Cool. If he can get back into form, he is cheap. He is yeah. cheap as chips. Absolutely. I guess the question with him is what role he's going to play because yeah. he was spending a lot of time up forward in some of those games. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, his, his form just hasn't quite been where it's been the last couple of years. Yeah. What I've seen of him anyway. Lockie Hunter, the, <laughs> the classic one two punch. He goes. Everyone brings him in one week. He goes and gets, what, 50-odd? Yep. And nothing. gets suspended for a week. Everyone offloads him. I think he's back down to about 1% ownership at the moment. And he give, he bangs out 104. And he was on about 77 at the half-time as well. So Yeah, I guess this is what we've you've said particularly a couple of, for a couple of weeks now. He's a winger. 
this sometimes happens to those outside guys that play on the wing. The ball will just be on their side or mm-hmm. not on alternative weeks. I think I view him more as a draft guy, not as a salary cap guy. Yeah. Um, because the consistency just isn't there for him to be a primo. Yeah, no, it's it's really up and down with Lockie Hunter. Toby McLean, on the other hand, you know, that's a bit of a down game for him, but he's going to bounce back. And I still think he's going to be in the top six at the end of the year. Yeah, I agree 100%. I actually brought him in this week. And oh, good, even good though call. he only got 87, I'm still pretty happy with that as a forward. You, so, wouldn't, you wouldn't be too disappointed with that. I mean, Particularly oh, considering I've still got Billings in the forward Oh, line, Jesus so. Christ, don't even get me started. I, uh, we're we're going to get to that at some point. And the St Kilda game in general was just depressing. But, yeah. oh. Um, yeah, who else have we got for the bullies? Um, I mean, obviously, the, the one I want to really bring up is Tim English. That was poor. I mean, yeah. Carlton uh, having Cruiser out, you know, you thought that he was going to not dominate Phillips in the hitouts because he's not going to win a lot of hitouts against strong-bodied Ruckman. No, but I was expecting him to do pretty well around the ground. Oh, yeah. He only had nine handballs, one kick. He took no marks. He got a couple of tackles in there with 15 handballs. So, yeah. This one would have really hurt a lot of people, I think, who would have played him on the field, myself included. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people would have actually... I, I have heard of some people who wanted to bench their starting ruck, particularly if you're starting guys like Goldstein or yeah. um, or even trade those second ruckmen out to mm. bring him onto the field in the ruck. Well, I had a conversation about that exact topic with you last you week. You did, didn't you? So, I'm glad you didn't. But yeah, yeah, me too. Jeez. Uh, I mean, I suppose, just before we move on to the Blues, we'll quickly mention Bailey Watch. Uh, <laughs> yes. it's, it's getting pretty ugly at Bailey Watch, to be honest. I mean, uh, Bailey Williams had 65, which oh, is... Look, they're neck and neck. Possible. They're about <laughs> three lengths. For three, I don't know, what do you call it? They're a long way behind the rest of the field. Oh, God. It's, they're neck and neck back there. Though. It's getting really ugly watching Bailey <laughs> I think they've been lapped by the field a few times. <laughs> it's horrifying. Um, so we'll move on to the Carlton, I reckon. And uh, just you... before we do... Who have you got? Um, where is he? Aaron Norton. Yeah. So he's still owned by 24% teams, mm-hmm. um, currently priced 346000 break-even is 35 and he plays Gold Coast this week, so he's still got another couple of weeks, yeah. I think, before you move him on, but it's he's getting close. He is getting close. Uh, and it, it, But you may need to move him on a week early, perhaps, if you think you're going to have a few guys coming good at the same time to be cold, so... Um, there's a lot of those rookies that are about the yeah, right time to call they're, they're all yeah there's a lot of them that are very similar mm. progress so you may need to jump on one early he's one you may look at but he's got a couple of weeks still to go keep an eye on those break evens uh, Carlton Paddy Cripps I mean he's just uh, super consistent and I know he had one or two down games this year but he's still going at that average of about 105 or so so you know you don't really have to worry too much if you've got Paddy Cripps. I think he's pretty safe at yeah. this stage. And Zachary Fisher, Matt, our oh boy. I mean, we we've yep. been talking him up all year since the start when he wasn't in the greatest of form, and he's just pumping out big scores. He, I think he's enjoying the. Um, I'm not going to say he's taken the responsibility with Murphy out of the side, no. but I think he's stepped up a little bit since he Murphy has. went down. He definitely because has. he brings that zip and pace and clean hands that they usually rely on Murphy for. So. He's, he's yeah, just I'm been brilliant. really impressed by him. He's been playing well. Yeah, fantastic. And uh, your boy, Charlie Kurnow, <laughs> as well. He's uh, he's really having an up-and-down year. Oh, I'd be quite comfortable with him. Like, in salary cap, you wouldn't be going near Oh, him, God, obviously. no, no. This is, this is a, uh, a draft. Really a, a redraft and keeper. And guy. keepers, keeper. you'd be pumped about him. Even in redraft, though, I've got him in redraft, and mm. I'm pretty happy with him. There's only been maybe one week where I haven't been. Yeah. This week, he got, what, an 89? 
That was kicking one goal before. Yeah, that's true. If he kicked straight, he would have cracked the tongue. He definitely would have. Um, Kate Simpson got tagged by Caleb Daniel as well, actually, in this game, which was an interesting move. And yeah. it kept him down to 69. So we, we've known for years that Kate Simpson doesn't handle the tag well. Mm. He doesn't often get tagged because while Carlton, as a general, uh, as a whole unit, don't have the best team, they do have a lot of really good individual players. So they had Gibbs for so long, mm. Murphy. Yep. Now they've got Paddy Cripps. You generally think that those guys would get the tag. But they put a hard forward tag on Simpson, and this is the result. Look, you've got to hold on, Simpson. Don't, don't stress about this sort of thing. It'll happen every once in a while. But, I mean, last week, what did he get, 130 or something yeah, ridiculous? So, and we've said this all year, he will have ups and downs. Yeah. So, just on that, though, slight segue, I mm-hmm. do want to have just a moment's um, silence in respect of uh, the helmet. Oh, in respect of the helmet. Tiny hat man. His hat is no more. Which is our name for Caleb Daniel, of course. And, oh, it was it was a glorious helmet, though. It's one of the better ones in the competition. Yeah, I think so the, he needs to get another one, considering that lasted in, what, 10 years? <laughs> yeah, that can... is a very good helmet. Yeah, whichever manufacturer that is got an awesome plug considering it yeah. lasted 10 years. Um, Paddy Dow is another one of those guys that I think has pretty much reached his uh, his break-even capacity. I don't, you need to sort of start moving him on. I had a chat with um, with someone last week who was saying they were holding him because, you know, there's no point to getting rid of him at the moment. He hasn't made enough money. Uh, I don't know he's going to make a lot more. But that's the thing. He, I don't think Paddy Dow is going to have that jump and start averaging you 70 or so and or start bringing a couple of those big scores into his break-even Not any time soon, no. So his break-even is currently 39. He's mm-hmm. owned by 21% of teams, 308,000. He's averaging 47.5 points. So he's yeah. only averaging eight, eight and a half points more than his break-even. Yeah. That's getting to a dangerous point there. Need to get him out of your team. Anyone else there you want to talk about, or should we move on to uh, Geelong Sydney? Uh, March Bank had a down game, but it was his first game back, and he does that every once in a while. So Carlton in general were just pretty bad this game. Yeah, Sam Kerridge, 104. Good game. Good his solid second game. game back into mm. the team. I was kind of expecting a little bit more from him last week. Yeah. So it was good to see him deliver this week. Uh, I think with Carlton as bad as they are, uh, he's probably going to get a few more games. If he's available in draft leagues, keep an eye out for him. I suspect he'd have pretty low ownership. I don't have the exact number in front of me, though. He would. He'd have pretty low ownership. Uh, so for the uh, Geelong-Sydney game, uh, Swans got up, which they seem to do at Cardinia Park. It's really strange. They're mm. like the only team that can beat Geelong. And, geez, don't the commentators love saying that as well? They said it about 20 times during the match. It was insane. Yeah. Uh, so for the Swans, I mean, Jake Lloyd bounced back, and it's... It's tough with Jake Lloyd because he's just like Lockie Hunter, only playing in defence. He's really outside. He's really uncontested. I mean, he only had two contested possessions out of his 24 in this game. Um, so it's, he's going to be... 20, uh, 29. There you go. So he's he's a really up-and-down player, depend, and it, it'll change week <laughs> to week. Uh, so with, with Jake Lloyd, you've just got to take it with a bit of grain of salt sometimes. You'll get the good with the bad, uh, and if you've held on to him, just keep holding him. You know? If you've held him this long, you've yeah. you got him for the year. But don't run out and chase him up to this score. I'd like to see a couple of big ones put uh, put up in a row for me. Agreed. Uh, Josh, JPK uh, went mental in this game. Uh, fantasy-wise, 111 points was really good, but he won them this game pretty much. Mm. He was dominant out of the centre bounce. Um, so uh, hopefully this is the turnaround for him because he's been rubbish so far this year. And <laughs> draft owners like me would just, oh, they would hate that. But, you know, if he can turn this around, and JPK has, we all know in the past... He's a slow starter. ...had those amazing second halves of the year, or, or like middle parts of the year. So, if he can put that together, 
<laughs> just uh, sit back and enjoy the big scores. Uh, Cal Sinclair as well. Having a good year? I don't, <laughs> I don't know what to make of this. Like, where did this come from? 96 average, pretty much. Or actually, I think just a bit over 97 and a half. Yeah, I, I don't know. That's insane. I don't know. Well, he's averaging higher than Goldie. He's averaging just a shade higher than... Um, oh, who else is he averaging higher than? Uh, obviously, I think that sits him uh, fourth on the ruck list behind uh, Grundy, Gorn, and Cruiser, which is insane. He could... Uh, he's not, he's not a bad point of difference, actually. <laughs> Uh, but, you know, you are paying a fair bit for him now, so now yeah, is not I the time to you, jump on in salary cap. Yeah, if you got him early on, then good job, but I think by this point, the chips have. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we've got a few questions about Luke Parker coming up, yep, so right. I don't really want to talk so too much about him. So shall we park that? What the actual fuck was that? <laughs> <laughs> what was that? That was so bad. <laughs> I am not paying that in any way, shape, or form. So I don't get like a... a <laughs> Sound effect in the background I, or something in I, that moment of silence while you're just looking at me. Not only do I not add sound effects to the podcast because it is difficult, but I also flat out refuse for that one joke. Alrighty, All right. we want to talk about? Move on to Ben Ronke. He looked good with two goals. I know that padded his score out, but I reckon that guarantees him the next couple of games. Mm. Um, mm. Yeah, he he did look really really good. I so, take your word for it. Yeah, this no, is one of the games I missed. No, he just uh, he bobbed up at important parts of the game. Small forward, yeah. Yes, yeah. Tackling, well, tackling machine. Well, small forward and he's he's mid-sized sort mid-sized of forward. forward yeah, yeah. last uh, tackle. Yeah, seven tackles. Uh, he didn't have any marks for his score of seventy-eight, so that can be bumped up a little mm-hmm. bit as well. Yep. So yep. Um, if you're looking for a cheap forward line rookie. Jump on Ben Ronke. I really like him. Oh, yeah, I think he's the one to go this week. Yeah, oh, there's a couple actually. Uh, we'll get on to we'll obviously Kobe much for the Essendon game. Um, yeah, I think we'll uh, we'll probably move on to the North Melbourne Port game, which yeah, geez. Or you don't want to talk about Geelong? Uh, oh, that's actually a good point. Again, <laughs> just trying to skip teams. I'm skipping past the teams. Speaking of skipping teams, are we going to cover the last two games? No, no, we are absolutely not. It's too far away, too far gone. The uh, uh, cool. What was that? The Melbourne Richmond game and the uh, Anzac Day game, yeah. the Collingwood. Yeah, so uh, we just it? scratched. They're dead to us. They're too far, too far gone. Although I will, okay, then. I will <laughs> just give partial mention to uh, to little Castagna for uh, oh, yeah, for, gi- right. for giving me a point in risk it for the biscuit. Yeah, I'll pay one point. Yeah, you will pay one point. We'll, we'll, we'll jump back in and then we'll cover it off later. He, he got eighty-one points. We'll mate. cover it off in the risk it section. He, yeah, yeah. Okay. We, let's not confuse our <laughs> listeners. We're talking about Geelong right now. All right, for Geelong, Mitch Duncan was terrific, and he's one of those guys who, once his break-even really, what really sort of lowers out, gets towards that hundred, he'll be really cheap, and he is a great guy and, to have at the end of the year. Yeah. In your salary cap leagues, he's the sort of guy that you really want to have. So, you know, jump on in a few weeks' time when his break even sorted itself out. I think particularly once Geelong's midfield is fully back together and everything, because he'll fly under the radar and mm. just rack it up on the outside. Yeah. Uh, Jordan Cunico, I mean, he's had a few big scores like this. I mean, mm. when I say big for a rookie, 93 is massive. Yeah. Um, He's averaging, uh, he was averaging 77 over the last two, and this bumps that up even higher. I'll tell you exactly what it is. Do you, I mean, I know he's a bit more expensive this week. He'd be around about 320. Is he a must-have? Do you, do you need I to have him in your side? No. Well, but he's going to be making a lot of money. His break-even must be in the negatives. So, uh, it is, I think, but 
I don't know. I'm just not... You, you're not a big fan of bringing any rookies in, rookie price players who are over, you know, 250k. No, no, it's more just his job security. Ooh. I'm not 100% sold. I mean, George Hall and Smith is injured. Uh, and yes, that's, that's uh, true. Zach Guthrie wasn't particularly good in this game. Either was Jack Hughes. Lockie Fogarty was down as well. Uh, you know, Jackson Thurlow wasn't particularly Yeah, I guess great. when you put it that way, there's a lot yeah. of guys facing the cut ahead of him. Yeah, but... Corey Gregson, Jim Parsons. I'd say those are all guys who, considering his impact on the game, Cunico's, mm. he's well ahead of those guys. And no, that's a fair point. Geelong don't exactly have seven guys in the reserves who are dominating that they could just bring in all of a sudden. No, they don't. I, I guess I'm thinking the, the big guys. You're thinking of the big guys, like so Ableton when Scott Sell would come back in as well. Yeah. That, that's only two players, and I reckon there's room for Cunico in amongst them as well. Would yeah. it, will it affect his scoring when they come in? Maybe. But, yes, it will. But, geez, if his break even's still negative, I don't mind bringing him in this week. Yeah, possibly. I, I don't see him as a must-have, though. Mm. If you've got the cash, I don't mind bringing him in this week at all because he is more expensive and hopefully you would have jumped on him before this week. Uh, Sam Menegola, solid game for him without being particularly great. But Tim Kelly has been fantastic. It, he's, oh, he had a great start to the year, and he's another, been average another 80, since then. Another 82. When you say average, you know, if he's averaging, I mean, he's averaging 82 now. That sort of average for a rookie price player who you can put on your field every week, that's gold. There would have been a couple of weeks there, though, where you would not have been happy having him on your field. Yeah. For the price he is. Yeah. I think he's had two amazing weeks. Two good weeks and two really average weeks. Okay, I'll take. I think word. if you look at his scores, you wouldn't be overjoyed by all of them. Okay, he's actually he's not quite ready to call yet, but once he's the getting opportunity very comes, I'm getting rid of him. He's getting very close because he's 470 odd k at the moment, and uh, I think his break even's up around 60. So, geez, that's that's starting to get towards callable time. Yep. Yeah, um, Reece Stanley had a good game, which look. It's really tough to say with Geelong's ruck setup. Um, we still have no idea what the best way that they go about it is. Mm. Uh, but if they stick with it like this, Reece Stanley might be available in a few of your leagues out there. So if you're desperate for a ruckman, especially if you play in a two-ruckman league like we do, and there's just no depth. Yeah, there's none yeah, if you get an injury. It's not the worst idea to go and pick up Reece Stanley and just hold him and see what happens. Because, you know, you never know. He might pay off an average of 70 to 75 for the year in that second rock slot. This is true. Uh, poor game from Dangerfield. 70 points means that he's going to have a massive break even, which means we're going to be able to pick him up cheap in a few weeks' time. Yeah, I think off the top of my head, it's around 140, 150 or something so like that. So, hold. If you don't, don't have Dangerfield already, hold off on getting him for mm. two to three weeks until that break even comes down to around about 100 again, and then jump on him. I did see someone raising the question of whether he might be playing injured because of the time he's spending up forward and he spent a fair bit of time on the bench in the last quarter, apparently, mm-hmm. when the game was up for grabs. That's well, just someone's opinion. I don't know if there's anything at all backing it up. I mean, yeah, he was on the bench a fair bit. And, well, he was he was injured for a little bit uh, at the start of the year anyway. He missed a game from memory. So, clearly, he hadn't had the best run of it so far. Uh, look, he, he did get played up forward a fair bit too much. He, he sort of suffered from, what, Fife? Had to deal with in the uh, the derby, yep. which was he was on track for a massive game, and obviously we'll get to this a bit later. But then uh, Ross Lyon chucked him pretty much as a solo full forward for the third quarter, and then most of the fourth as well, yeah. which really dried up his scoring chances. So yep. um, that's fair enough. And I suspect I don't again didn't watch this game, but yeah. I suspect Sydney probably have one of the 
you defenders that actually ma- would match up quite well on David Foote in terms of size and athleticism yeah. and Rampy. Dan so. Rampy, who's absolutely amazing. I mean, we love Dan Rampy. Not from a fantasy point of view, but just yeah. as a player point of view. Yeah. Uh, Zach Tui had a really poor game, and it, it was always a little bit of a worry. We mentioned a few weeks ago that was Zach Tui sort of um, a, a good choice to have as a point of difference in your defensive line for salary cap leagues? Uh, we sort of came to the consensus of no, he's a bit too risky. Mm. But yeah, if you jumped on him, look, I don't think he's going to be able to put up much more of an average than maybe 88 or so this year. Like He's not going to be a 90-plus averaging yeah. defender. No, I wouldn't think so. I think he's a solid enough option without being good enough to be a uh, point of difference. He's a good draft option. Like, yeah, so yeah, he's, yeah, absolutely. he's really good in drafts because you can pick him up a little bit later and he'll get you a really good score every yeah. week. But in salary cap, yeah. he's not a top six player. Mm-hmm. Uh, we will now move on to North Melbourne and Port, and, unless you've spotted someone else that you like to look up. Radagulian? Radagulian. Great at 24. Yeah. So he's not scoring great, but he's still got a little way oh, to he's go. Oh, he's got a way to go. So give him another week um, or Just so. letting the people know that don't have assistant coach, don't know the break even. Got to let the people know. That's what this is for. So we'll... Uh, We'll move on to North Melbourne and Port. Jeez, uh, look, we've said for a couple of weeks that North Melbourne, I, I don't know where this has come from, their run of form early in the year, uh, but we I still don't think that they're going to be a top eight side like what a lot of people have been saying over the last couple of weeks. And this sort of proved that. Port just smashed them all around the ground. Having said that, Port haven't been too amazing the last couple of weeks either. No, so they they're, they're both teams that are difficult to get a good form line on. So. Mm. Uh, this I actually tipped North in this one, but you tipped North. Yeah. Interesting. No, I tipped the power in this one. Um, Pollock was dominant at this game. Mm. He was epic running around the outside. He actually had ten contested possessions as well, which is really weird for mm. for Pollock. Uh, Twelve tackles in that as well, which is huge. He tends to have these little spurts for a few weeks mm. though, but that's I mean ten ta- or oh, twelve tackles, ten contested possessions. I always sort of Jarrah Pollock as solely an outside runner. No, no, he he does get a little inside. Well, it's, that makes it interesting. That makes him an option for me. I mean, he's been going. Oh, me. he makes me an, he's he's an way option. He's way too to Oh, his uh, his feet are made out of jelly. <laughs> well, you laugh, but I'm not joking. He 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 is quite injury prone, particularly with his feet and lower legs. Yeah, so true. He he's just too risky for me in salary cap because mm-hmm. yes he's going to be an amazing point of difference if he's playing well you're getting points that no one else is yeah but when he gets injured you're the only one suffering yeah that's true i mean it might be the fact that if you're just really far behind like if you've slipped into the you know 15,000s 20,000s even further back mm-hmm. you need to look for something a lot different to go up the ranks you know maybe just Jared Pollock is the one to have a look at or maybe even you know someone like ugh, you know, I hate myself for saying this. No, not Ebert. No, we skip right past Ebert. I would take Ebert over Pollock. Oh, oh, that is a good. That is an interesting uh, argument. I, I wouldn't be taking either of them personally, but <laughs> if I had to choose one, I would go Ebert. At the moment, I would take Pollock, hands down, hands down. He's just playing amazingly. Um, uh, Ju- Justin Westhoff was the one that I was going to say, <laughs> averaging over one hundred and five at the moment as a forward. Again, though. You're, Actually, Port have got a lot of guys like this. They go on runs for about a month or so, mm-hmm. and then they completely fall away. You remember that year a few, oh, probably a good four, five, six years ago, where the Hoff went nuts for like six weeks? Oh, it was amazing. And then did nothing the rest of the year? It was incredible. He does this. Yeah, that's true. So if, he, if he's early on in his run, jump on for a couple of weeks, make some money, 
and then move them on. Just the interesting point for me with Westos, though, was the fact that uh, a lot of people have thought that, oh, you know, it's, it's while Paddy Ryder has been out injured and, you know, he's getting a lot of rough time. He actually got two of his biggest scores, which were 132 and 104, in the first two weeks of the, uh, the competition when Paddy Ryder was in. So that's an interesting you know, way Watts to think about it. might be helping as well. Watts would definitely be helping. It allows him to free up and get more off the ground. Um, and you know, it may even make him a little bit more free when Ryder does come back in this week or next week because it means that Charlie Dixon will be able to spend more time up forward again. So it's going to be interesting to see, but it's it's really going to hurt if Justin Westhoff ends up being a top six forward. I just, <laughs> I the numbers are saying yes, you should pick him, but I just can't bring myself to pick Justin Westhoff in the salary cap. History would suggest don't do it, but the people that win in salary cap are the ones that don't do what history suggests. Yeah, yeah so uh, Robbie Gray was, to, and I know we're skipping past Sam Gray here, who had a great game, but he is definitely <laughs> a depth guy in draft leagues. Yeah, he's a draft guy for sure. But Robbie Gray broke through the Ben Jacobs tag. Yeah, and I was very surprised to see he scored this much. I thought that Robbie Gray would be one player who would be very susceptible to a tag. I was I penciled in sort of mid-80s for him this week. I thought maybe even a 70 to 75, something like that. Jacobs is such a great tagger, but no, he broke right through it. He went up forward when he needed to. He just got the one goal, though. So mm-hmm. it was a great spread across his stat line. And Robbie Gray is absolutely a top six forward this year. You have to yeah. have him in your team. I almost grabbed him last week, decided not to because of the Jacobs factor. And same bring with, him in this week. Same with me. Egg all over our faces. You need to bring him in as soon as you possibly can. Uh, his breath even is pretty low as well. He's yeah. like 86 or something. Yeah. So he's still got, you know, I, well, I say money to make, but, you know, what I mean is he's not going to be cheaper than this. Like six... 88, break-even of 88, um, owned already by 24% of teams. Well, it's because they realise, you know, you need to have him to be competitive. Yeah. Um, Ollie Wines got injured uh, in this game, which is unfortunate. So he did have to, you know, he did struggle in the, uh, to make any real points this game. Uh, I think the injury actually happened in the first quarter and he just played right through it. Sixty-one is pretty good if he's injured yeah. the whole game. And then Chad Wingard was uh, injured in the last quarter as well. Yeah, hemi, I think. Yeah, so he'll miss some time. Yeah, and I think he's an ongoing issue. His hemi, so he manages them, so they won't risk him. Yeah. Uh, the other one, just quickly before we move on to North, is Dom Barry. A lot of people would have held him over his mm-hmm. timeout, you know, because he was so cheap, you just couldn't really get rid of him and make any money. Yep. So uh, with Don Barry, you know, he got 38, so he just met his break-even of about 12. Yep. Uh, he'll still have a low-ish break-even. Uh, just keep an eye out this week if he's actually still playing. Shot, his spot might be in jeopardy a bit, I think. Yeah. Um, um, he do a lot. provided good run, though. So when he did get the ball, you know, he tended to make things happen. Uh, he's one of those sort of impact players as opposed to a uh, possession gatherer. Not an accumulator. Exactly. No. Uh, over for North Melbourne, it, it was kind of an ugly fantasy game for them, to be honest. Todd Goldstein, 95, was the highest score. And yeah. Goldstein owners, sadly enough, which we are, probably mm. would have been... Happy uh, with that? Well, happy is one way to put it. So you and I were having a good discussion on the Friday about Goldstein, and we plugged him in for about 110 or something big because mm. Port Adelaide don't have a ruckman. And I was expecting him to dominate this game. Yeah, and he probably won the rock battle, maybe. But, you know, even then, he got 38 hitouts to 25. Dixon was probably more influential around the ground as well than he was. Mm. It's really tough to say who won- actually won that battle. But, yeah, Tom Goldstein just isn't going great guns at the minute. Um, the fantasy community definitely didn't win. 
yeah, no, we're, we're all losers in this battle. <laughs> yep. um, is there actually anyone else you want to really talk about from North Melbourne? Because they they're are not really salary cap relevant. No. They're more draft relevant, and they're good guys, the ones that will be taken. Exactly. So if you have any specific questions about players, you can always send us questions in. We're happy to answer them either directly on Twitter or even, you know, if you wait until the podcast day, you know, uh, Sunday before or the Monday of. Uh, we'll be able to get back to you on air with our thoughts for trade ideas in drafts or waiver wire pickups for players like the North Melbourne depth players. You know, because they've mean? got a lot of guys on the waivers. Exactly. Uh, we'll move on to GWS and Brisbane then. This was an jeez, oh, there were a lot of ugly games this round actually. <laughs> um, the Giants were always going to win. The Lions had a little bit of moxie about them, but they were never going to get up. Yeah, I actually did watch this game, and it was pretty <laughs> impressive. Yeah, it was. But there were a lot of good fantasy scores in it. So players like Lockie Whitfield, Deledio, DeBoer, Cornelio, Shaw, Taranto, they all broke the ton, which yeah. is great to see. Um, players I want to uh, single out there, we've already got Whitfield, uh, a question about Whitfield, which I want to get to later on in the podcast. So we'll field that later? We'll field that later. But Brett Deledio is interesting. So I told you last week that... You know, it wouldn't be the worst idea to bring him in because he was in great form. I'm pretty sure you laughed me down. And (coughs) look look at you now, buddy. That's 116 from Brett Toledio. Look, his ability to play football (laughs) has never been in doubt. He is a good player. I can't remember what I used to shout you down about him last week. I'm assuming it was... um, his role within the team or his injury history or something like that. You backtrack all you want, buddy, but Brett Deledio is looking like the real deal at the moment. What I will say is, at the moment, his break-even should be pretty low. Very low. Salary cap. Yeah, and he's priced at around about, oh, I want to say about six, oh, 500. Are you just making guesses of what people... Oh, yeah, yeah. I priced at about 575k, something along those I'm lines. I'm to actually check it. Oh, yeah, you check it. I reckon that's going to be pretty close, mate. Oh, what are you predicting? It's 575. That's what my guess is for Brett Deledio. Uh, I'll just quickly push on to Matt DeBoer, who's been very solid this year. He's not the worst draft option, if I'm being completely honest. What is your prediction? 575. 591. Oh, shit. He's gone up a long way. Last week, he was 547. So Break even at 42. Only by 3.5% of teams. Oh, I don't mind that at all. So he's much cheaper than a lot of other forward options. Yeah, I don't think he'll be top six at the end of the year, but I think he's a good stepping stone that you wouldn't hate to have in your team if you, if you have if, if you aren't able to move him on as quickly as you'd like. If you're desperate to get someone into your forward line and you can't quite afford someone like Robbie Gray, maybe Brett Deledio is the answer to that. All I'm saying, because they're about 100k cheaper, uh, or Deledio is about 100k cheaper than Robbie Gray, which is... Uh, Saving you a lot of money. But just be warned, he does have a bad injury history over the last few years. Yeah, tough. Uh, you know, you can't predict injuries with most players, like we say, but then again, there are those few players out there, like Gary Ablett at the start of this year, who you could pretty easily say at some stage this year he's going to get injured. Hopefully it doesn't happen with Toledo. Yeah. Uh, You're talking about DeBoer. Uh, DeBoer, yeah. So he is actually a solid guy to have for draft leagues. I, I know that's weird to say, mm. but, you know, 112 in this game is a long way off what he's actually averaging, but he's going just a shade over 78 at the moment. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's not yeah. the worst for a forward in a draft league, especially yeah, if you're in a deep draft league. Depth player in a draft league, mm. love it. Because anything else than that, nah. Yeah. Uh, another player, Jeremy Finlayson, he's coming closer to his break even, so keep an eye on that over the next couple of weeks. Uh, and again, Zach Giles Langdon, I haven't actually heard too much word out of the Giants camp about 
how bad his knee injury is. I don't know if you've heard anything um, in particular. No, I haven't heard anything. No, I, I'm waiting to find out. But Zach Giles Langdon, you know, a lot of people would have held him because, again, he was a negative two break even. They knew he was coming back in three to four weeks. So you just hold that. If he's out for any more time, you almost have to get rid of him because that 33 score is going to be in his he's break even rotation break for quite even a while. Now is 16. So mm, it's it's tough. He's only averaging 50. Granted, one of those is injury. Exactly. Uh, but so we, I think if you have a luxury trade this week, move him on. You may have to move him on. Uh, for the Lions, uh, a lot of people are saying that Beams is one of the uh, guys you should be looking at bringing in this week, Dane Beams, because he has the ability to go massive. He does. I'm not convinced that Brisbane is a high enough fantasy scoring team for him to really take advantage of that. Well, he's a, obviously, this is a stepping stone move. So this isn't someone that some people are going to go, you know, this is going to be my top eight midfielder mm-hmm. at the end of the year. But, geez, for under 650k, that's really cheap to be getting someone who can average 110. He's got that ability. He does. He does. So you wouldn't recommend that. That's not absolutely not something you would recommend. His ceiling is really good. Like we, we know that. We mm. know he is a really good player and he can score really well in fantasy. But he has had injury issues over the last few years. Mm. He's the captain of the club, so he's going to be pushing himself. He's carrying a huge load in that midfield, yeah. particularly with Zorko in poor form um, and Rockliffe having left. So I'm just I'm not sure how sustainable it's really he tough. is. Yeah. But the other, the other... I don't feel comfortable about it. Mm. The other side of that coin is, uh, you know... Zorko seems to be the one that people are tagging if they do tag because they know how effective it is against um oh, I, I don't think he's going to get tagged. Yeah. I don't think Beams is going to get tagged, but I'm just not... You're not sure that there's a, a scoring he's, ability he's, in Brisbane at the moment? He's a lone wolf in that midfield mm. at the moment. It's tough. It so is a really tough carrying question. the entire load. How long can he do that before his scores start to suffer? Let me just say that I don't mind it. You know, he's had a, a few poor games at the start of the season. This is his first or first couple of really big games. I, if you're looking for a really, really cheap midfielder who can go really high and you can maybe use as a stepping stone once he's maybe worth around 750k, this is not the worst idea in the world. I don't mind it at all. Uh, Mitch Robinson keeps getting the job done. He's averaging mm. bang on 98. Mm. It is really weird. I, he's one of the better performing forwards of the year. and he's, yeah, yeah, he does have the ability to, to get the ball. And yeah. he loves to tackle. He can take marks. He, his disposal isn't great, but other than that, <laughs> oh, and he can whack people for yeah. any reason. But other than that, he's a pretty solid fantasy player. Yeah, that's true. Uh, one of the best things about this match for me was the fact that... Um, Oscar McInerney came in, you know, the rookie that everyone was worried about taking points away from Steph Martin. Yep. And they basically tried to tag Steph Martin around the ground with Adam Mm. Tomlinson. And (laughs) Steph still managed to get to 92. That speaks volumes for me. That's huge. Like, I, I just think that Steph Martin is... Obviously, a lot of people own him in salary cap leagues. Mm -hmm. But for me, I think you need to have Steph Martin in your team at the end of the year. I think if you can manage it, then yeah, because you Gorn definitely can. Gorn, Grundy, and Martin; those are the three options. Uh, we've actually just heard that Grundy might be carrying a bit of shin injury shin at soreness, the moment, yeah. shin soreness. Oh, so he's in, he's in a little bit of doubt. He may miss this week. Hopefully not. But gee, Steph Martin just looks really, really good. Um, 
Yeah, I can't argue with that one. Yeah, who else do we want to have a chat about? Alan Christensen decided to string some points together right towards the end of the game because he was on about 33 until midway through the fourth quarter. Yeah, so he scored 72. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not 100% sure what his break-even is, but I, his I break-even was 60 high. last week, so it'll be around about 70 this week, which yeah. means that you need to move him. So yeah. if you held him last week, you made a little bit more money, but I agree. I think it's time to move him on. Um, his fantasy scores aren't what we need at this stage. Desperately need to move him on. Uh, if you want an uh, explanation of what is happening with Dane Zorko and or what to do with Dane Zorko, please see our comments from last week's podcast because we, I really don't want to relive that. It is just ugly. Oh, God, it's horrible. Um, I am a draft owner, and I t- took him in the, uh, the first or second round. I can't remember which, and it just hurts <laughs> every time I see my team sheet. So we'll, uh, we'll move on, shall we? Hawthorne and St. Kilda. And, oh, God, this was, this was a horrible game, too. I mean, just goal-kicking in general. Uh, I mean, wow, yeah. St. Kilda really need to work on that. It was ugly. Did you actually, did you see the highlight, the uh, miss from uh, Tim Membry? It I think was, I missed that it one. It was the most incredible thing. You need to see it. He missed a, a run. He was running into the goal. Yep. He was in the goal square. He was pretty much bang in front, and he managed to miss the goal. Oh. It was amazing. I, missed, I watched about half of this game, but oh I must have missed that bit. It was incredible. So for the for the Hawks, Tom Mitchell bounced back. He was amazing, yeah. and he was actually uh, trying to be tagged by Steele. Steele did not do a good job of tagging. No, him. he did not. I think at halftime they gave up on the tagging job and just let Steele run off and get the ball on his own. Yeah, because they were just like, "You're not <laughs> doing anything." It was really, really strange. So um, yeah, Tom Mitchell back in form. I. Should have put the captaincy on him this week. I didn't. I went with Cornelio, which a lot of people did. And that will cost you about 50 points. But, you know, we move on and I'll be chucking the captaincy back on Tom Mitchell this week. Exactly. Um, Isaac Smith is a great draft guy this year. Yeah, he's a great draft guy every year, to be honest. He, he is, yeah. He uh, just gets the job done, gets under the radar. Yeah, great sort of midfielder to have as your maybe your second to last midfielder on the, in your draft team. Something if like you that. Go that deep in your midfield, you Doing pretty well. Yeah. Jeez, um, who else do we want to have a chat about? Harry Morrison had a smashing game, actually, for a, a young defender. Uh, really has, yeah. One to keep an eye on in keepers. Just mm-hmm. just watch out for him, because he's yeah. av- he was averaging 65 before coming into this. This is a much bigger score for him, obviously, at 106. Yeah. But just for keeper leagues, just watch out for him over the next couple yeah, of weeks. Yeah, I've heard him a few weeks, can he? I think a 77 that mm. week, and which sort of made me take notice because I had no idea who he was. So um, <laughs> he's one of those young guys that they're blooding. Man of yeah. mystery, Mark II. I love it. <laughs> he's not quite at that level. No, yet. no one's quite at that level. Um, Luke Bruce is one that is available on a few waiver wires, surprisingly. Yeah, so I've been pumping this one for a couple of you weeks. Have, you have. He's currently owned by 86 or 87% of way uh, of. Um, which, Ultimate footy leagues. Which means he's still available in 13, 14% of leagues. You need to own him, basically, when he's in this sort of rich vein. His form. run of form the last couple of weeks has yeah. been awesome. He deserves to not be on the waiver wire. That, that's all we're saying. Like, yeah. He's too yeah, good a player for that when he's, he's in form. He's not going to con- necessarily continue to pump out the tons, mm-hmm. but the rate he's going, you've got to give him a chance. Exactly. Um, James Warple came in for his first game, and, you know, underwhelming... But in terms of fantasy scoring, but he did look pretty good. So what he did do, he did really well. Uh, his, I think his um, uh, disposal efficiency was somewhere along the lines of 80% or something like that, which Alistair Clarkson would have really liked. I love that. And he's very sol- solidly built mm-hmm. and uh, looks 
like he's ready to play AFL. So. Yeah, so maybe, you know, he won't have gone up too much in price this week. Don't get him in this week. Wait one more and see how he goes. Because, you know, he could be that really cheap rookie that you need to downgrade to make some money off some of these other guys that are really, you know, maxed out in price. Yeah, I agree. Um, um, Omira, 83 yeah. this week. Breakeven is 79. You need to get rid of Omira now. Playing Essendon. Essendon have been giving up a lot of points. You could maybe risk um, him one more week. But if you've got the trade to make, now's a good time to move It's on. tough with Omira because I, I really think that he's probably going to do this every once in a while. So he'll go with these high 70s, low 80s scores, and that'll be around about his break. And then he'll pump out the ton every now and again. And you'll every week you'll say to yourself, this next week could be the week that he pumps out the ton. I'm going to hold on to him. And yeah. before you know it, you've had him for the past month and a half, still sitting in your and team. And now losing you money. Exactly. So at some point you need to jump ship. Currently owned by 31% of teams. And yeah, like I said, playing Essendon, who have been giving up some points, if you can afford to move him on this week, yeah, I think it's a good time to. Agreed. Uh, Saints, um, geez, a really tough game for them fantasy-wise. So mm. Stephen and Webster were the only ones that cracked the ton, but geez, Webster did it really well. I mean, I've he... got Stephen down to 96. Do you really? Webster Ooh. was the only one that cracked the ton. Oh, oh, interesting. Fan footy off with their numbers. Mm. I love it. <laughs> well, uh, Jimmy Webster then was the only one that cracked the ton, but... He, he could have done much more than this. From memory, I'm pretty sure he was on around about 89 or something at midway through the third quarter. Possibly. He was dominant. Well, we got a message from a friend of the podcast, Nick, who was basically salivating over Jimmy Webster from memory. Or was that Brody? I can't quite remember. Who's, some, I can't whoever, remember the message. Whoever so. owns him in our Keeper League was absolutely losing their mind at three-quarter time. That's all I'll say. Um, yeah, Jack Steele scored really well, but... He, he didn't play his role well. A lot of those points were in the second half when mm. they released him and he started tackling everybody inside. So worried about what his role will be going forward. Yeah, there's a little bit of a worry. Yeah. Although, on the other hand, he showed he can't tag. <laughs> which is good. <laughs> which is possibly good for him, um, unless it means he loses his spot. It, yeah. Um, well, the interesting one for me is uh, going way down the list here uh, to Blake Akers, got 69. Mm-hmm. A lot of people obviously jumped on him at the start of the year after those epic scores. Do you think this is sort of the top of what he's going to be able to achieve for the year? And this is the point oh. where you need to say he was a stepping stone and I need to go up to a premium? Do you know how much he's worth and what his break even is? Uh, is help? Uh, let's have a look see. He is... Look, I'm going to make an educated guess. All right, you do that and I'll tell you how far off you are. Oh, okay. Well, his break even last week was 95. His price was 614. So I'm going to say he's about 605k or 600k. He's exactly 600k break even of 105 versus Melbourne Mm -hmm. this week, who have not been giving up a lot of points. Yeah, they're a tough team to score against over the course of the year. Um, So I am going to say that similar to uh, Alex Neil Bullen last year, which is what we've said all year long, Mm -hmm. he's a stepping stone. Yeah, not a keeper at the end of the year. Um, so I think it is time. Yeah, I don't mind that at all. Thank you, Blakers. It's a good call. You've done your job, mate, you've, and you've done it bloody well. So, you know, applause for you. Um, just, I really don't want to talk about Jack Billings anymore. It, it really, it, it hurts too much. Uh, we've got another question about him, so I suppose we can at least push that back another half hour or so and not worry <laughs> ourselves with it. Yeah, we can deal with that one later. If you can hear the sadness in my voice, it's because it's definitely there. Um, Nick Caulfield. Jeez, he... Just was bad. I mean, yeah. he it was an awful game from Nick Caulfield. Uh, he just couldn't find the ball. Uh, I think they threw him up forward at one stage in the second half just because he wasn't getting it, as if 
that would help them because St Kilda were doing so well. The ball was always in their forward line. <laughs> it was an interesting move. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I'm worried about his uh, job security this <clears> week <throat> because they'll obviously drop a couple going um, into this look, next game. He, he's played four games now, so maybe his body was getting a little bit sore. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe they'll give him a week off and he'll come back and hit the ground running. Yes. It is a chance. St Kilda do tend to rotate a lot of players. Well, in saying that, drop or keep. If he loses his spot on the side this week, drop or keep in salary cap. Um, so personally, I'm probably going to keep him. You're keeping him? I'm dropping him myself. But so. that is because, if I can bring up my team. Interesting. Um, yeah, how much exactly is Cox? So Coffee was 350k. He's made a little bit of money as well. So he's 354. His break even's 52. Mm-hmm. Owned by 31% of teams. I just feel like he's got more to give. And he does. He blip. definitely does. This is a blip. And I've got bigger issues than moving him on. And that's the main thing for me. Yeah. Alright, uh, so Caulfield, it's, it's a tough call. I'm moving him on this week. You're keeping him. I think it's a flip of a coin. Uh, either it's way. It's just situational what, where your team's at. Exactly. Uh, we'll move on to the Crows and Gold Coast. Uh, Crows dominated this game. It was always going to happen. And they had a massive amount of like high fantasy scorers. So oh, yeah. how many is that? Almost 10 in the uh, scoring over the time. This yeah. was a huge scoring game. Tommy Lynch, Seedsman, Laird, Douglas, Miller. So, Millera. So Lynch was probably helped by the fact that Tex was injured. And so he actually spent some time as a marking forward. Three goals to him. Rather than just being that link-up player. Yep. So moving forward, unclear exactly what his role will be if mm-hmm. Tex has longer out. I'm not sure if he will. Yep. I think it was a hamstring soreness for Tex. Uh, yeah, I think there's word that he might miss this week, but you know we're, we're not 100% sure. Wait for team lists to yeah, come out. So we're not sure how that will impact on Lynch, but this was a great game by him. Seedsman, continuing on. Uh, continuing on. Led, continuing on. Douglas does this every now and again. Beats exactly. draft guy. Mm-hmm. Miller, um, good fortnight. Yeah, he has. Uh, a good fortnight. Miller is an interesting one to a have a look at draft in draft. Guy. In redraft. Uh, sorry, not redraft. A keeper league guy. He's absolutely one to look at in keeper absolutely. leagues. He's currently owned by 42% of teams. So that he is available in a lot out there. Cam Ellis Yorman, you know, this is going to end, I believe, once Brad Crouch comes back. Uh, but yeah, I but think it's coming. It'll be. It'll be soon. Uh, And Bryce Gibbs, I mean, he's going to be one of the best midfielders at the end of the year, no doubt. Luke Brown, another 100 for him. He does that every once in a while, and then he has, like, three terrible weeks in a row. Don't get sucked in. He's a lockdown small defender. Unless there's no one that he really needs to lock down. Exactly. Um, And Gold Coast just didn't have anyone that they needed to worry about in their forward line, realistically, apart from uh, Tom J. Lynch. Uh, Matt Crouch, that was an okay game back. You know, it's going to take some time for him to ease back into it. But still found 30 touches. Holy hell, he is going to be cheap Oh yeah, at some stage. He is going to be cheap as anything. His break-even is huge. So just keep an eye out. You know, in a month's time or so, probably just after the buys or just before, jump on Matt Crouch. I think everyone's going to jump on Matt Crouch. It depends Crouch. how quickly he gets back into form. His break-even is somewhere around 150, I think. Mm. So if he has, if he jumps back to form this week... Well, if he gets 130, yeah, I suppose... Then it'll, it'll drop down to something pretty achievable. Yeah, I think it'll take him a bit of time to work into the game. So uh, Tom Dode, so Tommy D, our man, mm. he, I mean, he's one that you've just got to keep hanging on to for me. So he's almost last to the list in these rookies that you have to start upgrading. Not, yeah, it'll be him or possibly Murray. Yeah, true. But, I mean, Murray's been terrific as well. Uh, I think we'll probably move on from there. So, uh, Gold Coast Suns, 
Jared, the mystery returns. Jared Lyons bounced back into form. So he had a rubbish week last. I think the last couple of weeks have been He's pretty shocking. Weeks, yeah. uh, 131. Would have rewarded those coaches who kept him on. But all those coaches that brought him in, he sucked for a fortnight. They moved him on again. Again, that really hurts. That is the worst in fantasy. Just I'm a, pretty sure one too much. people to move him on last week as well. Oh, well, I mean, it was a good call to move him on, but the uh, issue is no one understands the mystery. No, you've, especially not <laughs> us. He's, he's a mysterious man. What can we say? Uh, Dave Swallow continues his great year. Uh, he's just been a great draft player for those those people that oh, picked yeah. him up. I mean, you would have got him very, very late rounds in the draft. Uh, and Tuke Miller has mm. had a couple of good weeks in a row. Yeah, almost turning into that tagger that actually wins his own ball as well. Mm. So It's interesting. Well, it mean, interesting. If, he's, if he's a tagger, it means he's actually in and uh, around the contest. So it actually gives him a chance to pick up his own ball. And he's sort of been played a little bit off halfback, a little bit off of a half-forward flank and yeah. all sorts around and his career. And he can career. win the ball. He had that one amazing year, and then last year he was sort of in all, uh, yeah. you know, all around Ten the place. Ten tackles is good as well. Yeah, it's fantastic. Um, you know, they don't run particularly deep at the moment, uh, Gold Coast Suns, when they're playing those harder teams. Yeah, Barlow back. 80 uh, points. Yeah, no, it was good solid. first game back. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully, hopefully he keeps his, Yeah, hopefully he keeps his spot, I was going to say. Because, oh, I think he would. Oh, you, you would expect him to. I mean, they need some stability they, and some experience. They kept him out for a long time, made him earn his spot. Yeah. Comes back in. Not not a bad game. No, no. It's uh, You just have to... I mean, you have to expect that one first game back into the AFL after being in the Apple, they're going to you know take a little bit of time to adjust yeah. Uh, Fiorini had a down game with 76, but he's absolutely a hold in draft leagues. So don't, uh, if someone's trying to jump on you for a trade at the moment, trying to take Fiorini away for you, there's good reason for that. He has the ability to go massive in games. So in a keeper league, in redraft leagues, absolutely hold on to the kid. Yep. Uh, and the, the other really important one I want to talk about is Nick Holman. Yep. Move him on. You have to get rid of him this week. Still owned by 29.9% of teams. Too many Currently teams. Currently 355,000 and break-even of 68, which is higher than his average points. Yes. Thank you, Holman, but you are gone. Ship him out. Uh, I want to move on to Essendon and Melbourne as well. So... Uh, first of the Sunday games, uh, Demons got up in the end, but mm. it was really, it was tight for the first half, and uh, yeah, I, unfortunately <laughs> for the Bombers fans, the uh, the Demons just ran away with it. Um, yeah. Just uh, Max Gorn, he's been so good. I mean, the we don't we don't even have to talk about Max Gorn yeah, anymore. Gone. Michael Hibbard. First game was it the Tom Jonas? Finally, <laughs> no, actually, Hibbert was awful uh, last week in the uh, Richmond Melbourne game, and that was after you dropped him Look, for Tom Jonas. He realised <laughs> that I had benched him and played Tom Jonas ahead of him in my keeper league, and that really stung him during the week. Clearly, so this week he came out and he showed Jonas who was boss. Clearly, so 107. Uh, I mean, he's going to be almost like he's going. He's about 520k at the moment. Um, if you see two weeks or three weeks in a row of this from Michael Hibbert, I'd wait for, wait for three. I do not mind bringing him back in at some stage. He's got a history of being one of the best defenders in the competition fantasy-wise. You don't lose that overnight, so he could pick and that unless up Unless your role removes the opportunity. Mm. So just and that's, that is potentially the danger here with them integrating Lever into the, the back seat. Yes. So I'd wait for a couple of weeks of this mm-hmm. um, and... 
see if it's sustainable. Yeah, just uh, keep him on the back burner, <laughs> but on the watch list for sure. Uh, you know what pisses me off is Bailey Fritch. So, 88, and just smashes out a really great score, resets his break-even pretty much, after pre- after almost everyone would have ditched him last week or the week before. Yeah, that is a bit annoying. That hurts, because he would have been really handy to have sitting on your bench and still making a lot of money without having to use up that trade slot from a couple of weeks ago. Just frustrating. Bailey, what are you doing, mate? You're, <laughs> you're, the only reason we mention you now is because you're on Bailey Watch. That's, uh, that's oh, it. Oh, of course, that's right. Yes. Yeah. Uh, who else have we got there? Uh, Christian Salem had a really good game. His first for a while, I believe. I mean, he's been he had a couple. Of, he's had a couple of 80s. Yeah. He's had, he had a slow start to the year, a couple of 80s. Yeah. Um, mm. But this is good, 104. Yeah. Um, draft guy, though. First of the big couple of rookies to play in this game, Charlie Spargo. I really like the look of this kid. Like, he just... He really looks like he knows player. his way around a footy field. Natural footy player. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's definitely not getting dropped. He's absolutely not. You can see how much the guys like having him in the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there were players well below him in the game as well. I mean, Jaden Hunt wasn't particularly great. Alex Neil Bullen was pretty poor in this game. So he's keeping his spot for at least a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know two goals really pumped it up. But, you know, 75 is a good score for a bargain basement uh, forward. You know, absolutely. if you're looking for something this week, don't mind jumping on him. Uh, 238,000, mm-hmm. break even of five, and he's a forward midfielder in salary cap. Very interesting. Very, very interesting. Uh, so we may as well move on to Essendon just quickly. Uh, but uh, before we go through some of the uh, better performing guys, considering we've talked about one rookie, we may as well get into the other big rookie, which is Kobe March. Mm. He's probably the must-have for me this week. March? Okay. Yeah. I don't know how much, you, if, or if any, you saw of this game, but he... Uh, he just looked really good. I mean, he had six marks in this game. He only had the one tackle, got 71 points. He didn't need any of those goals to bump up his score, quite like Spargo did. Mm-hmm. So Spar- 12 of Spargo's points came from goals, and much just got the ball around the ground, which is, you know... Prolific ball winner as a junior. He's, he's a fantastic ball winner. He's a magnet. So uh, for me, and he's a bit cheaper than Spargo. 196,000, break-even of negative three. Ooh. Midfielder only. Yeah, midfielder only. Pullman down to much. That's my move this week. That's what I've absolutely done. First move. So I, I absolutely love that. And Mac Welby as well. He's just making money for us. He's, yeah, he he is. is so consistent. I really like this kid. And keep an eye out for him as well because he is available in a lot of keeper leagues out there. Yeah, we could. He is available. He's on a lot of waiver wires. Um, and I don't mind him for consistency and just seeing what he might be able to bring to your keeper team. Uh, so for some of the better performers for Essendon, I mean, Zach Merritt, he, just go out and get him if you don't have him. He's still ridiculously cheap. Yeah. Um, and he's pumping out the big scores again. You know, you have to have him. Uh, Deb Smith, I, when we were actually at the Traders uh, on Thursday night, which was obviously something you missed with your uh, romantic endeavours there, buddy, mm-hmm. um, the, Roy did his top six uh, forwards to have at the end of the year. Yep. Devin Smith wasn't on there. Interesting. What do you reckon? Because Devin Smith is definitely on there for me. Um, and I've all I've got him in my salary cap side, uh-huh. and I've considered him a top six pretty much the whole year. Yeah. Unfortunately, I'm not having a great year. So <laughs> <coughs> tough, tough. To having say. said that, um, I was probably expecting a little bit more. Mm. I don't have his numbers in front of me, but from memory, he's had a lot of eighties and nineties. 
hasn't really been pushing that ton that I would have liked. Yeah, I mean, he's averaging uh, just under 95. So he's not the like the best forward, and there are guys ahead of him. But I think that uh, at the end of the year, when the averages all even out, he'll be up in that top six. I could see him being in the five to eight category. So he could yeah, be in there, might not be. Yeah, interesting. Um, Brendan Goddard, though, I reckon he's a top six defender for sure. He's looking really good this year. So if you've got I, the cash, yeah. I like bringing him in. I think he's probably the most interesting of the DPP changes mm. that jumped out at me in uh, AFL Fantasy. Yeah. Uh, and if you've got a waiver wire pick in a keeper league this week, another one to keep an eye out on is Jaden Laverde. So... He's a guy that has shown that he can do pretty well uh, fantasy-wise before. Um, you know, he's he's just played the one game. This is his first of the year. He's banged out a 99 with 10 marks in there. Yep. Um, you know, if, um, you, if you're yeah. looking... Big-bodied big midfielder. Yeah, exactly. If you're looking for something a little bit different, uh, just go out there, grab him, sit him on your pine for a couple of weeks and see what he can do. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's what you have to do in a keeper league. Absolutely. Every once in a while, you have to bring in someone who you think might have a little bit of a spark and just see what they can do. Hang on to them for a few weeks, give them a chance, and if they prove themselves, hell, hang on to them at the end of the year. But yep. if they don't, you can move them on for someone else. Yep. Just by the beware with uh, Laburde, he has had a lot of injury issues over the last few years. Mm-hmm. hasn't really been able to string together games on the park. So um, I like him. I, I like him, so I give him a bit of a go, but yep. just... Agreed. Uh, Move on to the next game, which was the uh, Maggies and Tigers. Tigers ran away with it in the end, but as always, it's a fantasy-friendly game when Collingwood get on the park. Uh, Gee, Nank. 131 from Nank. Smashed it. Um, Mm, That's pretty good. uh, I know that... uh, uh, What's his face? Um, uh, Oh, wow. Completely blanked on the name of the uh, coach of Richmond. Hardwick, there we go, Damien Hardwick, uh, came out in an interview after the game and said that Nankervis should be included in the top tier of Ruckman around the competition, uh, which is on... So he's saying on par with Gorn, uh, on par with Grundy, on par with Cruiser, Nat Nui, those sorts of guys. Oh, Sanderlands. I think that's probably a bit of a... Oh, of course, it's an overstatement. It's, yeah, he's, he's, you know, he's pumping up his man. Um, that's a massive stretch. He's a very, very good Ruckman. He, does his, he plays his role very well. But he's not in that top tier, and he's not a guy that you should be considering in your salary cap league. He's a good guy to have picked up quite late in the draft. Great draft player. But, you know, don't get fooled by a big score every now and then. Just don't get sucked into it. Uh, Caddy back this week and smashed it. Mm. 102. Great he's score He was having from a great year before he, he went out. Mm. Um, he's draft guy only, obviously. He's, he's yeah. not averaging quite enough. He's, I think it's just over 80 at the moment, so... Yeah. But yeah, great draft. But he was a really strong draft pickup. Um, Dusty is confusing. <laughs> he yeah, he seems to go at the moment. He'll have a massive score. He'll have a score around about a hundred, and then he'll have a sixty something. And so is this is sixty coming up this week. So it means uh, no, it means he should have a massive score. Sorry, this week because he had a sixty something last week. Mm. He had He's a, playing Frio this week. Banfield will go to him. Ooh, interesting. Well, Dusty's probably one player who I think could break through a Banfield tag. Uh, I think Dusty can break through anything. Yeah. <laughs> just, just don't argue with him. Break. What a man. Uh, so, <laughs> just the, the more tattoos he has. He's like Samson with his hair, you know. He, he just gets more power from the tattoos, basically. Yeah, a mythological reference right there, Matt. 
I think we should do that. <laughs> Mate, you made that a horrible part of the start of the segment. We that was hilarious. Mate, it was absolutely not. All right, we'll move on, shall we? Jeez, uh, who else do we want to pick out from here? Richmond, I mean, we say it every single week. It's a mixed bag with them. You don't know who's going to do particularly well. Yeah, a lot of draft-relevant guys. Mm. Um, Lambert, 74, is pretty good after his big game the week before. Yeah. A couple of days before, even. Mm-hmm. Um... There's a lot of guys who have a lot of name value in draft leagues that just mm. aren't doing as well as you would expect. Like Trent Cochin, for example, a lot of name value, but he's only averaging 84 this year. Yeah, um, you'd expect a bit more from him. Oh, you absolutely would. Um, Basha Hawley, a lot of name value there, only averaging yeah. 76. Um, you know, Shane Edwards, only averaging 63. There's, there's a lot of guys that people would bring in knowing the name, and they just haven't performed. So no, they're going with that um, even spread of contributors rather than anyone exactly really getting a lot of the ball. Yeah, and Sean Grigg as well, um, who's been a great fantasy depth player before. Oh yeah, only averaging seventy one for the year, or seventy two. Sorry, after this week, yeah, it's just not quite good enough. Is it a midfielder only? Yeah, tough. Uh, we'll move on to the Magpies then, because Trelaw is dominating over the past couple of weeks, it's and he great to last year around. Now, I bought him in last week, so he was terrific for me, and I think that you really have to look at maybe bringing him in as well. Um, he's definitely in the conversation for the top eight at the end of the year. Well, I definitely thought at the start of the year that he was going to be in the top eight. There was no question in my mind. I was a bit rattled when he had that terrible start to the year. He wasn't mm. tackling. I don't know if it was injury. I don't know if it was role, but he's had a couple of great weeks in a row. This is what he can consistently put up. I think that for the rest of the year, he's going to average about 115, 110 to 115, somewhere around about that, which means that he's going to be a top eight mid. Yeah. I was a bit shocked there when you were like... Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. You think he can do 140 the whole year? (laughs) He's going to consistently pump out big scores. Okay. Um, I don't know if he's going to... Jeez, that's a big call. I know you like making big calls, but... Mate, that's that's Tom Mitchell numbers. No one's up in that air. Nobody's up there with Tom Mitchell. (laughs) Um, who's next? Jeremy Howe, who has been very solid, but not as good as you think. So, he's only averaged 76 for the year. Hmm. Yes. It's not as much as you think. He's had a couple of really big scores dotted in there, but a couple of poor ones. And the reason, as always, is because we don't know what Collingwood's halfback line is doing. Yeah, that Collingwood halfback line is... It's a, t- it's a tough nut to crack, man. We just don't know how it's going to go week to week. Um, Tom Phillips is an amazing guy to have in draft leagues. If you, uh, I mean, it's tough with Tom, a player like Tom Phillips because if, you, if you've got him, you want to hold him. But after a great game like this, you can also sell high. Um, yeah, in a redraft, particularly. Yeah, absolutely in a redraft. I mean, in a keeper league, you hold on to Tom Phillips for dear life. But in a redraft league, he has a lot of value because he has a really high ceiling. Um, and he's averaging 90, oh, 94 or 95 uh, for right. the season. So, hypothetical then, what would you try and get for him? Ooh, I mean... If you're thinking of selling him high, what are you going after? I mean, you could go... Fall on premium? Uh, just fall, premium? Yeah, fall on premium, something like that. So, I mean, you could go easily go out and get like a Dane Zorka, but he's so far down. Yeah, I wouldn't go after He's Zorka. so far down. But uh, it's tough to say. What about a Parker? Ooh. Would you, would you give up? Phillips for a Parker? Oh, I'd give up Phillips for a Parker, absolutely. But If you're a Parker owner, are you moving him on for a Phillips? Phillips is averaging more than him, and at the moment he does have a higher ceiling than him. So, jeez, 
it's a very interesting question. I mean, that's a trade that you could very easily justify on both sides. Mm. I mean, there'd be Parker owners who are just frustrated if, as hell. If you were taking the names alone out of that, mm. that'd be a no-brainer. Of course. Yeah, I mean, just in terms of statistics, it's a very, very a pretty even trade. But when you put in the name Luke Parker, it really gets a bit worrying, doesn't mm. it? Uh, we'll move on from there, shall we? Uh, yep. Scotty Pendlebury, I, I don't even know what more to say about him. I thought he was done, and he just... In terms of fantasy, of course. I mean, he's still a great player, but... What is it that um, Footy Rider used to call him? Dependlebury? Dependlebury. Oh, yeah. I forgot that. What a name. Great I name. mean, we uh, we can't justify bringing that into our podcast, but no. that, that's just an amazing name. But it sums him up perfectly. <laughs> uh, Grundy continuing on doing his thing. Mm-hmm. Sharonberg's first half-decent score for draft league owners, who yeah. would have picked him up after his great end of the year last year. Yeah. This must have been the good week for... Um, the Collingwood halfback line. Sharonberg, Crisp got an 80, Murray got a 78. Yeah. How up at the top of the... Langdon was out injured, which was interesting, and Finn Appleby didn't have a great uh, game coming in. So maybe, you know, having a rookie there who they could just say, that no, right, we'll chuck him in the back line. Yeah. Maybe it freed up a few of the others. Just so Langdon's the one that's been ruining it for everyone. Sounds about right. But then again, Maynard had a pretty poor game as well. So it was he his... got injured though. Oh, he did I completely forgot about that. Uh, unfortunately for a lot of owners, Steel Sidebottom had a pretty average game, and a lot of people would have bought him in last week after his amazing run of form. I mean, he was yeah. averaging almost 110, so unlucky if you did do it. He'll bounce back, though. He will bounce He's back. He's too good a player not to. Absolutely. Um, and Sam Murray got plenty of money still to make. Or maybe not plenty of money, but he will keep up and above his break-even for some weeks to come, so... You know, Absolutely. you've got to hold on to him for a bit longer. He's not the priority. Um, I'd say the same of Jaden Stevenson if there's anyone holding him out there. Because, uh, yeah, I think his break-even's only about 22, and he's still got some money to make, which yep. is really interesting after his first couple of poor weeks. Uh, we'll move on to the last game of the week then, shall we? So, I mean, this one was brilliant. The, uh, the Derby just... <laughs> it was the best game of the round by far, and it was fantastic to see just the tough contest. Um, and yeah, West Coast only just got up. It was fantasy friendly as well, which is weird for a West Coast game. There are a lot of tons there. I think, I think that we can say this Shannon Hearn thing is legitimate. (laughs) I think you're right. I think we can say this Shannon Hearn thing is legitimate because I was worried. He had a bad week last week and I thought, right, cool. Shannon Hearn's gone back to his poor scoring ways. Okay, then, you know... Uh, the rotation of the earth has come back to normal and we've <laughs> shot back down to reality. But he's backed up that or that poor score. He's um, come back from it with 124. That's huge. He's averaging plus 97 for the year. And we've had six weeks of sample size. That's a good, That's sample, a good sample size. size. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think with the it might be the new stadium, the mm-hmm. new dimensions. Could be. It might be Nick Nat back, them trying to be more attacking rather mm-hmm. than more defensive. Whatever the reason, his teammates are getting the ball to him every opportunity they yeah. can for his vision and kicking ability. Mm-hmm. So he's just racking up the ball and lots of plus sixes as well. So would you bring him into your salary cap team? Shannon Hearn, in your salary cap team, it would hurt. It, it would make your eyes water with pain seeing that. It would be a weird feeling. But I have to say that. If you take the name away from it... yeah. On just the numbers is absolutely worth doing. So he is six hundred and thirty-five thousand, mm-hmm. break-even of ninety-one. He plays Port this week. Who Historically, are an attacking team. Mm. Um, Eagles match up quite well on Port. 
Uh, yeah, surprisingly we do. I think we've won the last five out of six games against them or something, and uh, most of those by under 10 points. So it, it'll be interesting to see. Let's see, like a 6.35. Yeah, more. it's very tough to say. I'd say if you want to bring him in... He's an awkward price. Yeah, that's the worry. So, look, I it's not the worst idea in the world. I just... I can't condone it. Like, the numbers are all there. Everything is saying that, yes, you should pick him. You should look at Shannon Hearn, but I just can't bring myself to do it. So Yeah, I tend to feel the same. If you can, all the power to you. You're a braver man than I am. Old yeah. woman than I am. Yeah. Uh, we'll move on to uh, to Jack Redden. First really big game after an uh, okay, um, improvement last week of about 80-something. <laughs> uh you know, not great for salary cap owners, but if he's on the waiver wire list because someone was really pissed off with him in draft leagues, I'm sure a lot of people would have dropped him. Go out and grab him. You know, if he can back this up and maybe he's just worked his way into that role again. It took him some time last year. If he goes on from here to average 100, it's going to look pretty stupid if he sat on the waiver wire for three or four weeks. And until someone else jumped on. Until someone lucky, luckily picked him up. Yep, give him a week or two, see how he goes. Yep. I agree. Like it. Uh, great score from Andrew Gaff. Luke Shuey, Jack Darling, who is strangely more consistent this year. Darling's having a great year. Really weird. And uh, actually almost a good fantasy year as yeah. well. Well, you know who's having weird. a good fantasy year, surprisingly, is Scott Lysett, averaging over 80. Or just, just on 80, basically. That's not bad if you picked him up in a deep draft league with two Ruckman slots. Not like, bad at all. If he's your second Ruckman, that is not bad. You're laughing in that case. <laughs> um, Jakey Waterman reset his break-even as well with a nice little 77 there. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. if you if you've still got him in your team, hold on to him. He's got some more money to make this week. Uh, and yeah, Nat knew he had a poor week uh, in draft leagues. Hold on to him. Don't worry about that sort of thing there. Yeah. Um, yeah, we may as well move on to the Dockers, who smashing game from Lock- Lockie Neal as well. I mean, he yeah, was epic. Awesome bounce back from Lockie yeah. Neal. More kicks, 13 kicks to 22 handballs. The ratio is still not, a great still not ratio, there. But he got lots of tackles and lots of marks. But it's better than, what was it, a few weeks ago, like five kicks to 27 handballs or something stupid like that? It is much like better that. than that, yeah. Um, but I think it was those other stats that Yeah, it's the, the marks and, ha- and tackles. So the marks in particular, because... He's gone games before where he's had one or two marks from yep. 30 or so possessions. Yeah, I mean, the, the ratio can give him a little bit of a boost, but this is like a 50-point a boost on what he's been going on. Yeah. So that's the other stats. Ed Langdon was terrific in this game as well, and mm. he's definitely a guy, if he's on the waiver list in your draft league, look at, especially look keep, at him, yeah. especially keepers. I know he's gone in most keeper leagues, but there'll still be a couple of dregs where he is available. So definitely have to look at Ed Langdon. Um, and this is probably the week for me. If you are looking for a defender and you can't back yourself in to buy Shannon Hearn, uh, Connor Blakely is the one for me. So he's he's cheap-ish. You know, he's about 630-odd K. His break-even will be low. Mm -hmm. Uh, And when I say low, it'll be around about 90. I thought you just... Mate, I'm going... Just backing yourself in. (laughs) I will will make up stats until the cows come home, mate. (laughs) No, you keep talking, I'll actually check. Yeah, I love it. Um, so, uh, Connor Blakely, for me, this is the week to jump on him. If you're looking for a defender, if you're looking to upgrade in that position, that's the player that I like the best. Um, obviously, you know, Brendan Goddard is a bit more expensive and he's the one that you want to look to long term, but this is just the right time for Connor Blakely. Uh, Nat, five. Right, do, you want, do you want his oh, actual stats? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, 628,000, break-even of 82. So less than I thought, and the break-even is exactly what I thought. This is definitely the week to get Connor Blakely. I love it. Love it. Um, so Nat Fife, uh, he was tagged by Yo, 
Mm-hmm. And then, like we said earlier in the podcast, annoyingly, Ross Lyon sent him forward for pretty much all the third quarter and most of the fourth quarter. Now, he was on about 68 at halftime or something like that, or maybe 58 at halftime. So mm-hmm. you thought he's on track for a massive ton if he stays in the midfield. And he only just scraped 101. So that that's the trouble with Nat Fife with Dustin Martin. Those sorts of guys will get thrown up forward a lot. And you just can't rely on them to constantly be in the midfield to pump you out big scores every single week. Uh, no, no, you can't. They're, they're too... They're almost too good as a forward, so yeah. they do spend a bit of time up there. Yeah, um, but at least, even with that forward time, he's still got your 101. So, abs- yeah. Nat Fife's absolutely hold for me. But when it's coming up to fan uh, to finals time, you know, that might be almost the point where you need to offload Nat Fife for someone who's a bit more consistent. It's, it's really tough to say because Nat Fife could win you a final, but at the same point, if he's played too much up forward... You might just want to check the matchups a little bit, see how he performed yeah. against those teams earlier in the year. Yeah, I don't mind going matchup based plays during finals. Yeah, definitely don't mind that. You've got to uh, be a little bit loosey goosey when it comes to finals sometimes. Uh, it, you know, the uh, Frio rookies, uh, Andrew Brayshaw, Bailey Banfield, and Alex Pierce. Uh, obviously, Brayshaw, we said a couple of weeks ago that he really has to go. Uh, and I think that this is almost the point that Bailey Banfield and Alex Pierce need to sort of start moving out of your Pierce team. In particular. Pierce, absolutely. If you can... So, Pierce, um, 292,000, mm-hmm. break even of 37. Yep. Um, and I think that's time to move yeah, him Yeah, I on. think definitely time to move him on if you can. Or upgrade him. You know, if you've got some uh, a war chest uh, and you're doing a downgrade with your second position, you can move uh, Pierce up to someone like... Connor Blakely, Shannon Hearn. I don't you know. think you can have enough to move up to. Oh, yeah. A lot of people out there have really big war chests at the moment. I see a lot of people on Twitter who's got 250k, 300k in the bank from double downgrade trades. Yeah, you'd need like 500k to do that. Oh, not necessarily. I was about to say. So if you do a downgrade in one position, you got 150k. It means mm. or you only need another, you know, 250 in the bank. So Yeah, yeah I'm just saying this is you all, need this, a lot of Yeah, money this is all very trade. dependent. Yeah. I'm not sure I'm going to be spending my whole week basically trying to get Shannon Hearn into my team oh no I'm, well Connor Blakely was the other one I put up so you know if you're looking to upgrade you know you need to get up to these premiums uh, sooner rather than later you can't spend the entire year going mid-pricer then yeah, uh, yeah no, I know, I know. so um, the other options Banfield another Bailey mm-hmm. Bailey watch continuing 360,000 break even of 36 I think you can give him another week or two um, Crowden, 312,000, break even of 27. He's good to hang around for a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, Brayshaw, I don't have his numbers in front of me, but um, I think he's the one that you need to move. If I had to rank them, I'd move Pierce, Brayshaw, Field, and then Crowden. Yeah, Duman is an iffy one as well, because I think he probably loses his spot this week. Oh, yeah, for that. Uh, it'll be tough. Uh, and, of course, the other one, just to quickly mention, Michael Walters looks like he's going to miss up to a month. If he is in your salary cap leagues, you need to trade him out. That's way too long. Uh, so just absolutely get him out. You can't hold him. Uh, and in draft leagues, he's an absolute must-hold. No issue with that. Yep. Uh, so in saying that, we'll uh, split the podcast up there. We'll come back and answer your questions, and we'll get into our favorite game, Risk It for the Biscuit. So we'll see you shortly. <laughs> 